One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. The frets are in the house, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? Oh, not much. Just uh, getting by. How about yourself? <laughs> getting by. That's a good way of putting it, dude. <laughs> 2020, getting by. That's a good slogan. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, that's where we're at these days, man. It really is, yeah. <laughs> We're here with uh, Liam Wilkes, singer and guitarist, and Cody Seeger, guitarist and producer, correct? You got it. Congratulations on uh, the San Diego Music Awards Song of the Year for Naive Adolescence. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. That's, uh, we were a little shocked, but I'm very grateful, obviously. Uh, ni- nice honor to win. It's a great song, man. I've been rocking it. I don't know how time to show. If I said I don't want to You had some good company in that category, dude. As I Lay Dying, Blink-182, Hyrie, Little Hurricane, P.O.D., Switchfoot. I mean, that must have been a great acknowledgement for you guys. Yeah, unbelievable, mate. Like, we, we were nominated the year before, but this category was just so stacked that we just didn't even, you know, I, I was uh, I was like quite tired and hung over the day of the awards and I was like, I don't, you know, I was just so sure that we weren't going to win it that I was like, oh, you know, I really need to rest. Because <laughs> we'll just come over, you know. We'll see, you know, we'll get in front of the camera in case, you know. Uh, it turns out Cody knew we were going to win, a little secret. He it, 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 it didn't, it didn't tell us beforehand. Uh, he, 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 he knew we were going to win before we knew we were going to win. <laughs> we, we, well, we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it really matters. I mean, there was so much adapting, obviously, with this year's San Diego Music Awards uh, being a live stream. And you got to shout out Kevin Hellman and everyone involved there. Yeah, um, I mean, so, so accidentally how I found out when they sent the link out to test... Um, I logged on early and they were doing a dry run of it. So I saw about an hour before we actually won and I, I didn't tell the guys, but I'm like, Oh shit, we got to be together for this. Cause we were just going to do it, you know, from our homes. Mm. And, uh, I was like, no, we got to make sure they'll be together because none of us thought we were going to win. And he, so. he kept it a secret as well. He uh, he didn't he didn't he didn't tell us, and like he, he did a really good job of covering up. I would have never known, honestly. Like we we were all completely shocked uh, when it happened. So Cody's good at keep it, keeping it to himself. <laughs> yeah, we were bummed. We were supposed to play that show with you guys at uh, THC with uh, Sprung Monkey, but. Oh, yeah. Good old COVID. No, I know. Damn COVID. I had that on the list to talk about. March 20th was our show at uh, the Holding Company, Ready, Set, Survive, The Frets, and Sprung Monkey. Mm. And uh, yeah, right before then, we were shut down. I want to say maybe a week or two before yeah. is when the uh, shutdown order came into place. And at that time, we thought, hey, it probably last you know, four or six weeks. I think we rescheduled it for July coming up here soon, and that's going to be postponed yeah. as well, obviously. So really bummed. I mean, me and the guys were, were really looking forward to sharing the stage with you and and definitely uh, Sprung Monkey. Yeah, we, we were really looking forward to that. We've been, for, for years, we, when it was, back when it was uh, Gallagher's, before it was THC, 
Um, we always wanted to always wanted to play there, and then uh, well, we played we played the original Holding Company one time. Yeah, back as our other band. <laughs> yeah, before we were the Frets. But yeah, we really we what was it that we um, Springboard Festival. Uh, I think Modern History and Aviator both played at THC, and I was like, okay, we need to. I'm looking forward to playing a show at THC, and so yeah, really good go. about that because that, that would have been the you know that would have been all the main venues that I was excited to play in San Diego, as far as I can think of. So yeah, that sucks, but you know it'll come around eventually when this whole hopefully blows over. I think it will come around. Yeah, I was talking to Ernie, the drummer, and they were considering maybe doing a live stream. I don't think that's going to happen in July, but um, it'll all come back around. You know, we're trying to stay optimistic here in the scene. Uh, when do you think shows are going to start back up? Uh, right, right now, I mean, uh, for us, we, we have time to record and do it right and not uh, really stress about a certain date to release anything. We don't have any show where you can... So, so we're taking a step back. We're finishing an EP right now that we'll have out sometime in the near future. It'll, it'll happen in the next few months, but just making sure we're getting that right. We did some tracking up in L.A. Uh, a month ago, and we're finishing the rest of it here in my, my studio, um, my apartment studio. Um, and then, I mean, shows, man. We've, we've booked a few that have keep, keep getting moved and postponed, so we'll see. Um, I don't want to really speculate we're playing a house show this weekend so that should be fun mm. a going away party um but will that be outside yeah it's it's, it's gonna be outside and people are supposed to wear masks and whatnot but who knows what who knows what's gonna happen yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah we'll protect ourselves we know that totally man yeah i think that's kind of where it's headed maybe outdoor shows will be okay uh obviously drive-through shows we're seeing i went to the uh, Switchfoot drive-in show. It was it was cool. Was that at Petco Park? That that one? Yeah, exactly, man. That was in a uh, a parking lot right in the shadow of Petco Park. So Petco Park was kind of the backdrop. Um, it was Hyre who was nominated with you guys, and uh, Switchfoot who was also nominated with you guys. So it was, yeah, it was cool. I think that's the way it's going to go now. A lot more like you've seen um, like stand-up comedians are all doing it as well. Just these kind of. Um, backyard, more spread out shows and stuff. I think that's going to end up happening eventually with with all bands. I think they will just kind of try and social distance shows because I don't I don't think it can last. Like it, it, this couldn't last for another three months. I don't think. I think there'll be kind of socially responsible shows at some point that, are, as you say, outdoors and separated out a little bit. I think. I don't know. It'll be hard to manage though, yeah. liability wise and whatnot. You know. We've done two live streams too, which is like cool. It's just different. It's you know not having a live audience there, and mm. uh, it, it it was fun. We did one in L.A. at this nice studio where we tracked at not too in long flight, ago, yeah. In Flight Music Studios. Um, they they brought us up and did like a, a really nice job. They put together the video and mm. you know top notch recording. Um, and then we did the other one for Band Together um, for Same Same But Different yeah. Fest and uh, Music Box. Those guys put that one on. So we, we did that. Um, that was a blast as well. That was a little bit more casual, just, um, you know, interact with everyone on, on the chat while it's happening and, and that kind of deal. So th- they were both fun. It's just it's different. <laughs> it is different for sure. We're itching for a a great show with a, a crowd <laughs> i think that's the one thing that's really good that's going to come out of this though is that everyone's kind of stockpiling new music and is raring to go and i think everyone's kind of working on improving themselves in this break because there's no excuse i feel like every every songwriter now is just at home being like i've got to do we've got to write something or be, be ready for when this comes back i know everyone we everyone we know who's in bands are all you know writing or recording or you know 
rebranding or doing yeah. something. So when this comes back up again, I think we might see, you know, some of the best stuff we've ever seen in San Diego, honestly, from all the bands. It'll be fresh and it'll be new and there'll be a lot of energy. So I'm looking forward to it, you know. Totally, man. Yeah, well said. And a new appreciation for live music, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Drink, drinking and listening to good music is going to be... I think the thing of 2021 for sure. <laughs> yeah, lots of drinking at bars. I mean, a new appreciation for everything, really. I, I, I know it's been said, but, mm. you know, uh, appreciating the small things like going out to dinner and going to a bar. I mean, it's a lot of our freedoms have been taken away from us in yeah. 2020, no doubt. Yeah, but uh, it'll all come out for the better, I feel like. Yeah, I'm looking forward to like I'm excited for other band stuff as well, you know. Like just as 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 I'm excited for us to get back on stage and you know do a big show and be really prepared for yeah. it, and you know we're gonna be able to cut songs that we that we've had with that we've been playing for a long time and add these new ones in and it's just gonna fr everyone's just gonna feel fresh and i think the performances will be better everything's just gonna get better after this i like a change but i don't know why my head's gone down my head's gone down you mentioned band together the live stream i tuned into that that was put on by same same but different fest garage mahal uh, your friend uh, jesse right oh yeah and uh, emerald age studios so Chat about that. I know you guys are good friends with Aviator Stash, who won Best Indie, and Modern History, who won Best Rock. They were also involved with that Band Together live stream. Did you guys want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, we're we're just like good buddies with both of those guys because we played uh, countless shows with mm. each one of them and a few, the three of us together with a few others on the bill. We've actually done, I think, two music box shows uh, with the three of us and a few other acts, and those have just been mm. bonkers. I mean, the last one, I think we had a line out the door. It was Modern History's EP release show. We released a single. I don't think Aviator yeah. Stash was putting anything out, but they brought a bunch of people. I mean... Mm. Well, um, on Thursday as well. Yeah, packed. It, was a, it was a packed Thursday, so that, that was a lot that of fun. That was in January, yeah. I believe, right? Right before yeah. everything started to go downhill. It's, uh, it's really nice, though, because we've, we've known uh, Modern and Aviator for so long now. We've been good friends. We've done a lot of shows together. We hang out you know, all, all the time. And um, it's just nice because it's been such a, it's been, you know, a couple of years or so and we've known each other and, and it's it's really interesting to see that um, the progress that they've made, the progress that we've made all, all together and that's why it felt really good the other day with the awards with all of us winning our, uh, winning our respective uh, uh, fields or whatever. And uh, just getting a message from all the boys being like, you know, the trifectas won and like, you know, it's just really nice because it's, you know, we've, we've hung out with those guys for a long time and... Uh, it's cool too because like we're a similar enough genre, the three of us, but we're no one's the same. We're yeah. kind of all going in a little bit of a different direction, and you know, sonically and whatnot. So uh, it, it's it's always just fun hanging out with those guys, going over to the Garage Mahal and mm. jamming, or you know, because because we live really close to Modern History. Uh, mm. Aviator Stash lives up in uh, Oceanside area, so they're they're down here quite a bit, but we're mm. like right around the corner from Modern History, so we see those guys all the time. So you're in Pacific Beach. Yeah, Liam and I live next door to each other. Our drummer John is you know, five minutes away, and then our bassist uh, William is—he's uh, over in kind of North Parkish area. And uh, I mean, he's out here whenever. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we say, "Hey, Bill, you want to come out and drink, or you want to work on some music?" He'll he'll be there in t twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, the Garage Mahal was super cool. Ready, set, survive. Uh, did a little session in there, and the, you know their little garage, obviously, right there in PB. Yeah. If you ever if you ever look up on the wall and you see the 
pineapple in the corner. That was before we were the frets. We were lads' holiday, and we used to have this uh, <laughs> giant pineapple that we'd put at the front of the stage. And people um, could wear as a costume. Yeah, and so that was like our gimmick thing right when we first started out as Lads Holiday. And then when we transitioned into being the frets and we came, we did uh, like a, uh, a garage mahal session and a little interview and everything. And we had it in my truck and we were transitioning into the frets and we didn't need it anymore. So I gave it to Jesse and it's up on the wall. It's been up on the wall there for a couple of years. I just love that because anytime anyone... You know, uh, anyone films or anything like I saw Fashion Jackson's thing uploaded. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we did our garage Mahal session. Like we were one of the first bands, I think, uh, that mm. Jesse hit up, and it was right after we got back from recording in Nashville, and we had just put out, or we were just about to release our EP as the Frets. Um, so those songs were really fresh at that time mm. for us. But that was like the first thing we did as the Frets officially, I think. Yeah. Again, that's just another thing that they they've got like so much better at as well like the videography and the 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 lighting and the sound and everything like that's come so so far you know not to say it was bad to begin with but you just you know everyone progresses and it's just one of those things where it's now you look at those footage of the garage mahal sessions and they're really really good now you know yeah what did you say your previous band name was i missed that lads holiday lads holiday <laughs> okay and you you why did you guys decide to change that <laughs> so <laughs> Leah moved here. What year was it? Late 2015. Late 2015. Yeah. I, I had just moved to San Diego from Chicago not long before that, and I had been looking for a band to play with. I've obviously been in bands my whole life, and I found a band that I started playing bass for. You know, I don't maybe practice with them like two or three times. We were looking for a singer. We found Liam on Craigslist. I had found them on Craigslist. Um, and we rehearsed with them, I don't know, four, four times mm-hmm. or so. And it was the same four or five songs that they had written but wanted us to finish for them. And it was like they didn't want to collaborate on anything. So it was just kind of weird. So Liam and I had a sit down. It was like, you guys are talented musicians. Like, we want to be part of the process and have, have a say in it. Like, you expect Liam and I just to come in here and try to, like, help you finish these songs. It's like, can we write something together? And it was it was a kind of a firm no, like, you joined our band kind of thing. So we're just like, you know what, this isn't the kind of energy we want. Um, and then, like, I don't know, two, three months later, Liam and I had an EP out um, as Lads Holiday. It's just something that we put together ourselves. And we worked with our good friend Skylar Lutz. Um, we recorded with him, and uh, he ended up, you know, liking the project and playing bass with us. And he was our bassist uh, for a very long time, even into the frets. But um, uh, if you're familiar with Skyler, he's got his own reggae rock band that tours the country a lot. Um, so we he, he respectfully parted ways uh, just because he that was his passion, being the front man of his project. So Liam and I were really lads holiday. We found John, our drummer, um, who's with us now as the frets. And we were still just feeling out where we wanted to go musically um and if you do end up checking out the stuff it's not bad it's just uh you can see how we've grown from their songwriting and style and uh, and the other thing about the name as well specifically like lads holiday it, it definitely had a feel to it at the time which was because we were in you know just in the local market or whatever you know in san diego but i was just saying i don't think that name would ever fly in england and at some point you know i want to be able to bring this band back to england because it, uh, Tell them what Lads Holiday is. Yeah, like. <laughs> so I, it came about because Cody asked me. He said uh, we were having a conversation about just before I moved to America. I went on like a vacation with the boys, kind of thing. And, and in England, we called that a Lads Holiday. And, and he's like, "What's a Lads Holiday?" Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, so he was just like, "We could call the band that. That'd be a, that'd be a cool name." And then, kind of go off that whole not beach vibe, but just that general, you know. We had a cool three pineapple logo that was like neon, and we made hats, and like everyone at the beach is wearing them and stuff. Yeah. So more of a branding like nice. not thinking outside of san diego thing and mm. then 
it slowly got to get sure. bigger and bigger and we're like you know we need to we need to rebrand do this mm. right and um I always wanted to be in a band with a V. Yeah, I, I, think I don't know. All of us did. Yeah, <laughs> and then we 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 looked up the uh, the frets after you know you're driving down the road and you're looking at, you know, the stop signs, the you know curb, the you know you're just saying the anything and trying <laughs> to get any relevance and I know. Yeah, you can't you can't find it, and then we said the frets and there's well, well, yeah, there's dude, no, I remember I sent yeah. I sent you guys a list of like thirty the names because mm. we had set on thirty, and I was in Colorado at the time, and I'm like, this isn't gonna fly. I'm like, guys, the frets, no one's out there. That's the frets. That's like established anything yeah and you wrote back right away yes 100 percent. Yeah, that's 100%, it and i was yeah. like oh sweet i i didn't know that was yeah. gonna land but it did well yeah because it was like, i couldn't believe that there wasn't a band in the world that was you know over i think there was some some irish band doing covers or something on youtube that had a couple of hundred views but i just couldn't believe like the word fret or frets or any variation of it wasn't a band name you know you've got obviously the phrase and things like that, but like to say it's a guitar fret or don't fret about it. I was like, there's no way that there's no one called the frets, surely not. So yeah. And that's kind of the, the frets for us is more of the, like, don't fret, like, mm -hmm. don't worry, that kind of thing. It's not the yeah. physical guitar fret. Everyone thinks about that. Like, Oh wait, that actually makes more sense. Like Liam's British. Like mm. it's a common <laughs> saying, you know, that kind of thing. I love it. It's a great name. And I, like you guys said, I cannot believe it hasn't been used. Yeah, seriously. There's a few that have popped up since we've been the frets and I, I you know, doing, <laughs> they're doing their little garage things and stuff. I mean, it's <laughs> sue them, sue them. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you've released is independent, or uh, have you jumped on any labels? No, man. So we've uh, we've done everything, um, you know, for the most part ourselves. Our first EP, we worked with a producer, and we went to Nashville, and that was really a great learning experience for us. We got to kind of see how a big studio operates and work with someone else to help with the songwriting and stuff. Not necessarily, wow. more like the structure and just kind of the, the whole process, mm. more of a mentor than anything. And then uh, the most recent stuff, like Naive Adolescence, we did that in my bedroom and uh, Tell, our other most recent single, we did that one, you know, just in my apartment studio. I did drums um, at Garage Mahal. Yeah, though. we actually, we I think we went to, yeah, we went to Garage Mahal to use the space to track drums. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and Jesse helped, okay. you know, set up the mics and everything. But we, we had an afternoon tracking some some drums there. But, I mean, for the most part, we're doing everything ourselves right now. Um, we wow. we just did a batch up in L.A. where we went to a nice studio. We, we, you know, got the budget together to do that. And now we're doing some of the fine-tuning and more production work here at my place. And, I mean, it's the best way for us. And now that Liam lives next door to me, it's like, mm. you know, hey, like, how's your voice doing? You want to go, you want to work on, you know, this song today? Or you want to, like, do some ad-lib stuff and, and try to see where we can take this track? So it's uh, it's really helpful from that sense. That yeah. You just walk over. There was, a, there was a big shift as well, because at one point um, when I moved to the country and my visa situation was kind of diff different, um, the the focus was if I can if you can get a record deal a decent record deal that can be um, believed by the government or is, is you know it's fairly reputable you can get a, a visa off of that uh, so at one point the entire focus was um, like it'd be great if we could get signed because then I can sort out my work visa in this country uh, but since I got married I don't have to worry about that so much so now it's much more of a holistic finding our own sound sonic focusing on our focusing on like the sonic quality of everything and just finding our tone uh, rather than you know having to pander to any you know to try and get signed we can kind of be ourselves and find it you know yeah and we've we've also i mean we've talked to a bunch of different potential managers and we've talked we've spoken with 
some labels and that kind of thing. But it's, I mean, right now it's, we haven't, we haven't had a conversation that really has been like, wow, that was like, that's exactly what we mm. need, what we're looking for. It's just like, the more we're realizing it, there's so much that we can do ourselves that we don't need someone else to pay someone else to tell us what to do or how to do it. I mean, we're working still on the branding and the imaging of the band. And like, that's, that's with this new EP, I think it, it's all going to come together. But, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're still open to that idea of going that route, but mm-hmm. we just haven't had anyone that's come across the table so far that we are like, yes, we want to do that. Like, that sounds like a great idea. And everything with COVID now, any of those conversations or any traction we had anywhere like that um, is, is kind of fizzled out. So we're, we're just going to see where this next EP takes us mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just doing it ourselves and, you know, reassess after that if this is going to be anything bigger than that. Um, or, or if not, we're just going to continue to do something that we love. So either way, we're fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you with DIY. There's there's so many pros to that in flexibility of schedule and obviously budget, uh, like you guys mentioned. And your production quality, I mean, being the producer really stands out to me. When I when I listen to your recordings, your uh, it's it's at a professional level for sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I mean, uh, you know, we do work with a, our good friend Tyler Spratt out of LA who who does the mixing on the back end. So we get him everything. We okay. kind of bounce a rough mix and say, here's what we're going for. And then he really brings it to life. So mm. he does a killer job. And I mean, we're all just like kind of getting better and better at like fine tuning the recording process as mm. well. And, you know, slowly upgrading the home studio to where you wouldn't even be able to tell that, oh, you did that in your bedroom, not at a professional studio. Mm. So we're just slowly figuring it out um, where we can <laughs> make it the most budget friendly but sound as professional as possible. Yeah, and I, th- I think a big right. thing as well is it, the when you go to a studio um, and you you know in a traditional sense and you have a producer and you have an engineer and you have there's so many middlemen between you and looking at the actual Pro Tools or whatever. Um, you, you kind of lose a lot of control there when you've got the stems and you sat there looking at them yourself and you go right well you know it's a lot nicer to be able to go well I want this to rise here or I want this to have a, an effect just here I don't want reverb here but I don't want reverb there when you when you're doing that with a producer I feel like you're always um, you, you're having to do, <laughs> do back and forth edits and it's like if you, you both right. feel like you're getting under each other's feet I think there's right. there, there's a lot to be said <laughs> doing it on your own you know yeah. there's also a lot of pressure too it's like you pay for this block of time and you got to try to get as much done as possible and it's just like oh shit like you don't have that right. luxury of oh we have three weeks in the studio to get this thing however we want yeah. no it's like we have one day to yeah. try to knock out three four <laughs> three <songs>. tracks yeah <laughs> and that's right. what we just did yeah. and you know everything that we needed to get done there we did so we're, we're happy with it do you think doing it yourself you can overdo things or have a little bit too much freedom yeah i think like for, for me it's like I sit with these songs and it's just like I, I try little things and and I'm I'm quick to bounce them to the guys and say what do you think about this because if it's an immediate yeah I hate that it's mm. like all right yep we'll scrap that idea and I won't get too far along in something but 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 right. you're right it's like you just have to say like this is perfect this is good enough stop retracking the same thing mm-hmm. it sounds the exact same it's just like find a part and right. but 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 like my process and Liam's process it's like you got to sit with it. So you do mm. something, you sit with it for a day yeah. and then you listen back and you can say, oh wow, that's absolute shit. Or it's like, wow, that that's exactly, now let's do this correct. And 
that's that's the big thing i think it's just always taking a step back listening to other similar genre of music um having some reference of where you want to go but being unique and creative in your own sense so it's yeah i think i think another thing as well is that we're getting closer to trying to um when we go when we go into an actual paid studio and we want to um like get as much tracking as we can possibly in, in the ta- time space that we have it it's the process leading up to it yeah it's it well there's a lot of um you have to what am i trying to say there's there's a lot of uh it's good just to when we go into the studio we're we're prepared like we've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed so that we can basically go in there and do all of the takes so then when we come to look at the production afterwards um it's kind of more of a sprinkling of things you know there's not it's not some people sit there and go through every every you know verse and every bridge and record it and edit it before they even get to the end of the song whereas we kind of record the whole song yeah we do live track and that's like yeah works well for us i'm a big fan of live track and i think it gets a lot more feel in it and then you can kind okay. of overdub I'm, I'm a big fan of live tracking wow okay even for vocals yeah, so we did mm. vocals live, and then I mean, there, there's, I mean, the majority of the time, it's like eighty to ninety percent of that stuff we can keep, mm. and then adding harmonies and other things overdub on the top. Yeah, of it. and that, that's what we do at home. Okay. Like in, in, when you rent in a big studio that has drums and mics and uh, you know all these crazy things in there, there's no point having everyone sit around while I do overdubs. You know, when we've got a great microphone and preamp at home, you know, it's just track the lead vocal, track the guitars and the drums and get the hell out of there and go home and finish it up yourself, you know. Liam, you are from Manchester. We sort of mentioned that. Uh, That's about an hour drive from Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you play out in the UK? What is the the scene like out there? Yeah, it's it's a good scene, honestly. Um, I I was was in a band out there. Uh, My cousin got me into a band. I was was, like playing piano and uh, singing kind of playing guitar at home on my own and my cousin got wind that I sang and he was the lead singer of a band and then he got me in as a rhythm guitarist and stuff but there's a great scene out there especially in Manchester like it's it's definitely underrated um, there's a lot of great venues there that are kind of like medium sized venues there's, there's definitely a progression of venues out there that you know you've got your bars and your clubs and then your bigger bars but then it kind of jumps up to those small where you can fit a thousand in you know and then it jumps up there's like the stepping stones out there which is something that again like i'd love to uh kind of do a homecoming and go over there and just you know for two weeks just bash out a bunch of shows in england with us because i think it but you, you never realize the um what what's normal to you what sounds normal to you is a lot different to other people um and so like all of the, the we might not think of ourselves as like a a California band in the sense of what you would think of a California band but there's definitely influences you know when I say you know we're hanging around with all these bands and stuff and you you hear these things and you get you go, oh that's a great thing that he did there if you take that stuff back to England I think it, it would be uh, it would be a different they would immediately go oh that's a lot different than what we've been hearing you know because it becomes so insular when you're in, in your hometown so much all the bands kind of start sounding the same so I really do want to get us out there as well eventually yeah and I mean like most of our influences like I introduced Liam to a lot of British rock yeah, bands did. when he moved over here yeah. that uh, I, oh, wow. I really enjoy and uh, it's like over here it's like oh we're kind of this British band but like I feel like if we go to the UK they're kind of like oh this is kind of an American, American band, band. Yeah. so it's, it works both wow. ways for us a little bit yeah I mean I would assume bands like Arctic Monkeys Catfish and the Bottle Man uh, the Kooks stuff like that yeah big fans yeah massive fans a little bit of oasis in there as well obviously for the Manchester vibe <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great to represent over there for sure and there's a lot of people in England who definitely want to see us live as well 
because all they've seen is the online presence for the last, you know, three and a half, you know, three years, I would say. What brought you out here, uh, Liam, to the States? My, my aim was to start a band. That's what it was. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd got out of a long-term relationship over there. And my stepdad kind of just hit me up. He, my 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 mum and my stepdad moved out here a couple of years before I did. It's uh, a San Diego, and uh, he just rang me up one day after and just said, "Look, like you've got no real commitments here. You you know you could just get on a plane and come here. Uh, and I think you know you're in your early twenties. Um, you should take a shot, you know, and come out here and try and do something. Uh, and it's not you know it's not often that a parent says that, so you know." Uh, right. <laughs> I, I felt like I had to. I, I mean, honestly, I was in two minds about it until I spoke to my band back in England, and or I didn't expect it. But all of them were like, "You have to do it, dude. You're the one. You got to go over there and do it." Like, wow, you, you'd be insane to say. I didn't expect them to say that. You know, I expected them to be like, "Oh, you know, we're doing this and we're doing that." But they were completely supportive. We we played one last show together. Uh, we had a, a great time, um, and all my friends and family over there completely were just like, "Yeah, I mean, you'd be stupid not to go <laughs> from you know where where I lived in a kind of." working class area to go from there straight dropped into the middle of San Diego it's a it's a big cultural difference (laughs) a big cultural difference Um, so yeah so when I got here I was just immediately uh, just looking around just trying to find any any kind of band to get into and and the first the first one that I uh I, 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 the first one I auditioned for was the one that Cody mentioned earlier. So Liam responded yep. to the Craigslist ad at like three in the morning. Yeah, it was. I had gone through the first the first six pages on Craigslist, like wanted ads or whatever. I got to like page six, and it was like Guns N' Roses tribute bands and ACDC this and all you know, like the, all, all the you know stuff you expect to see. And then I got to page five, and there was an ad saying, "Hey, you know, like we like Led Zeppelin and we like this and we like that, but we're writing originals." And I was like, "Okay." I'll take a punt on this, and then that's the beginning of that story that Cody was uh, saying earlier about you know the the differences that we wanted to write, but they didn't want to write with us and everything. But um, but yeah, that's how that's how we met, and that was really early on in me being in the country, and as well that was really good for me as well because once I'd met Cody, like I was living in Encinitas, and he uh, was like, oh, I've got some buddies down here having a you know a party or whatever. So then he kind of introduced me to the social life in PB and everything. So. Then my friend groups kind of spread. So I got kind of lucky because that was so early on in me being in America. If I hadn't, you know, I was literally just about to go off Craigslist at that time. I was like, this is just a dead end. Like, I'm so bummed. I'm pretty much still jet lagged at this point. And uh, I was just, I was, and then the last second I was like, oh, okay, I'll just send him an email, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it worked out pretty well because, you know, I can't, I, it's, it's just weird for me to think. Like, I remember I, when I first moved here, I was, I was busking. I was playing with an acoustic guitar in uh, Encinitas next to a bookstore in Encinitas. Uh, uh, just just playing that, and it's like just when we won that award the other day, I'm like just the way that the how quickly something like you know some people wouldn't say oh it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that much or whatever, but definitely does you know it gets to go for I know where it where you come from and you know the hard work and the time and the rehearsals and the driving and the you know you'll know you'll know just as much <laughs> yeah I totally agree with you some people downplay the San Diego Music Awards and uh, my opinion of it is that it's great recognition it means you're doing something right like you're you're either writing great music or you know the right people you know one of those two or maybe a combination of both it's also just like more or less a thank you to us like thanks for hustling in the scene mm. and you know helping to build a, a culture in the San Diego music scene it's like all the bands that we play with uh, everyone just continues to get better and mm-hmm. it pushes you and drives you it's like damn they just released a fire track like mm. now we got to up our game and yeah. it, it's like a friendly competition yeah. in san diego where everyone just kind of 
um, is growing together and just getting better and the shows are getting better and it's it's a lot of fun to see and look back on the progress that we've made and there's been a lot of just terrible shows and there's (laughs) been a lot of great shows and it's just you know you, you you play those shows to a few people in a room and you mess up every song and it's like i don't want to do that again and you practice mm. and you work hard and then you get better the next show and it's just that slow progress um it's 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 really cool to look back mm. on now and just see where we're about to go or where mm. we hope we're about to go with with the new music i think that's a big thing as well as you don't know that you're in a scene uh, until something like this comes along where you go, you know what, we? I, I thought we were, you know, like you, you start off, you're like, oh, we're friends with them, we just, like, you, you, they're just your friends and, and then you do shows with other people and you like you know those guys and then suddenly when you go to any venue in San Diego, you you see someone who's in a band that you know and you realise that you, you're actually in the middle of something and stuff's happening. Now, there's definitely a feeling of stuff happening in San Diego. I remember speaking to uh, Tim Piles like, two years ago or whatever and just being like there's there's something coming up like the surf band rock vibe is now shifting in more of a rock direction but with like hints of it and the reggae is kind of and I, everything was just kind of shifting a little bit and he was oh I, I i don't know and then i saw him you know a year ago and then he was like yeah you were, yeah it's like there's stuff happening now like bands are all kind of pulling in this general like as, as we say like we're not the same as aviator stash on modern history but it we around that area together it's not like complete different you know surf rock or anything like that you know um but there's definitely there's definitely a scene happening now and it's cool that people are getting some recognition for it as well because the these shows are pulling in a lot of people and there's a lot of um a lot of people are very hyped about it and uh it's cool that you know there's there is being recognition for that for sure absolutely man yeah there's a great scene here in san diego this is that's kind of why i do this you know i know how much talent there is out there and you know you have the indie rockers like you guys and you keep mentioning aviator stash and modern history fashion jackson there's so many different little cliques i guess you could call them but it's all one scene you know you got the punk rockers the uh there's a bit of a metal scene here you got the hip-hop even um, it's it's a total melting pot here in San Diego, and uh, and I can't say enough about your boys, uh, Modern History and Aviator Stash. I mean, Prescribed Television is really one of my favorite local albums uh, here in San Diego. She's got a lot of time to fill. Oh yeah, then when they dropped it, that was ah, you could listen to that thing front and back. It's great. Also, I know you just mentioned Fashion Jackson, like seeing them open up for the 1975 Catfish and the Bottleman, yeah. and I don't know how was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. monumental right there. We that's went we went cool. to that show, and it was like the craziest thing. It's like it's just a, another one of those another one of those things where you're like you know you're onto something when you're keeping that kind of company, you know? Because they're like two of our two of our favorite bands, the 1975, and especially the earlier stuff. Yeah, and the Catfish early and the stuff. Cat, Catfish for sure. Yeah. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I had them on yeah. right before that show. And Eddie was just fanboying out, oh, yeah. and he was just so, you know, he's a huge fan, obviously, and just, uh, so, so he was so excited, and uh, they totally deserve it. Eddie, I see him on his his live social media streams, and just such a talented kid, for sure. Well, if you insist, I, I think you're cool and all, but I have a boyfriend. 
Yeah, I remember the first time we saw them, it was, uh, I was like, oh damn, they're really talented as well. But again, that's one of those things, it's like you can't, like you, you want to be like, damn, they're so young and so talented, but it just gives you a kick up the ass, you know, you've got to, you've just got to hustle, you've just got to work harder and spend more time on your craft, you know. I remember the, the Jacks uh, came down and were hanging out with us when they had a show and Fashion Jackson at the same time, at, uh, um, where was that at, the... Um, that near, near S, not SDSU, with the was it the Soda Bar show? No, it was that university. They had eighteen. Oh no, it was at the Shea Cafe. The Shea yeah. Cafe, yeah. yeah. The Jacks came down, uh, and in fact, both them and Fashion Jacks were playing. And the Jacks had just been signed. They just played. I think they just played uh, Ringo Starr's birthday and stuff like. They've been signed. <laughs> they're like, our they, friends from LA. Yeah, the and they're they're doing really well and they're fantastic. Like old school rock and rollers, you know. And they and they they saw Fashion Jackson and they were like, wait, what? <laughs> These are really, you know, they were. They were smashing it, yeah. Yeah, that was a great show. There's right. a lot of great LA bands that came down for it. Yeah, um, Arms Akimbo. Cool. Yeah, that. Arms Akimbo. Um, who else played that one? Uh, yeah, the Jacks, Fashion Jackson, Arms Akimbo. We, we, yeah, we played. There was like five other bands. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it was over at Shea Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Shea Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of talent in the scene, no doubt, and um, and congrats again on, on the recognition and acknowledgement from the San Diego Music Awards. I mean, being in the States for what, Liam, a couple years? Yeah. Well, like You're already taking away awards? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty mad, yeah. Now he's going to go for the big one. We'll just get a... Right. Just get a... The Grammys. Let's throw a Grammy in there, yeah. We'll be fine. <laughs> Good to go. There you go. want to talk a little bit about your songwriting process and how you guys put together a song yeah sure so i mean um for us it, it, typically what happens is um i will come up with sometimes the song front to back with with a good structure thought out not exactly how it's going to be um either a handful of lyrics or an idea for what the song is going to be about it just depends and um i like to bring like a bat a large batch of music to the guys and say, all right, what do you think about this one? And it's like a quick no, or it's a, Ooh, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's work on this part. Or, um, so, so usually that's how it happens. I'll bring uh, a sample to the band. Um, I'll have, you know, thrown into pro tools, put some drums and some parts to it just for a general idea. So you can get a feel for the direction of it. And mm-hmm. if the band's like, yes, that's great. Let's work on it. Then we hash out the set structure. Mm-hmm. We change things up. We add in, you know, some some of the rest of the guys feel to the song, mm-hmm. and then Liam and I will sit and we'll work on lyrics and melody, yeah. melody, and and all of that yeah. um, together outside. I'm trying to figure out if the chords need changing if for like a melody that we prefer. You know, like, oh, that's a good melody, but the chords need changing slightly for that or whatever. And we kind of go through that process together. Um, and and structure wise as well, like oh you know like so, gu- guitar wise, one thing might lead into another thing really well. But I'm like, well, if I do this pre-chorus, I kind of don't think it lands as well here, and just you know that whole process. It's um, usually though for like for us when it's like when we play something and then we just look at each other and it's like, all right, that feels that feels right, yeah. and it, it's a it's usually pretty quick process when we it have a now. song that's gonna be that we know is going to make yeah. the cut for the EP or, or whatever we're working on. Like Tell, for example, our most recent single, I think we played that like three times. We're like, all right, that's the structure. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's let's lock in the lyrics, the melody, and and get this in Again, tracked. though, that that wasn't always the case. You know, like that took oh, no. a lot of like, when we first started writing songs together, the, the, we butted heads a lot. You know, me and Cody are very much like, 
uh, both trying to take the lead on things. And uh, it took us a while to get to the point where we could we could. It's know. not a competition. You're we're, we're on the same team. Kind yeah, of thing. and and also knowing what what's what's your jurisdiction, what you're better at, and what I'm not as good at, or you know, understanding that and trying to trying to check your ego at the door is is I think is what tears most bands apart, especially if you've got you know multiple people um, trying to write a song together at the same time from scratch. That can you know it can really people want to go in right. different directions. So over the I mean it's four years of that now you know like when it was it's last like the holiday, rule of 10,000 hour kind of thing it's, yeah. it's taken us a while to get where we are now and it's it's a pretty seamless process we can knock things out like Liam and I joke but like on the way up to tracking in LA like <laughs> a few weeks ago like we literally wrote lyrics to two of the three songs that we tracked up there on the drive up we yeah. we pro I can't talk procrastinate but it, yeah. it somehow works out for us perfectly yeah. um, and then you like you have this other person to like if you're writing a lyric and Liam will just be like, that's, that's shit. Like we can't use that. Um, Or it's like (laughs) that, that's too cliche. It's like, Mm. we, you got to challenge each other or we'll, we'll write something. We'll track it like a demo, sit on it, come back and just like, that's not right. Or the energy's Mm. off here. We, we got to change this up a bit. And yeah, the ability to say, I don't like something is a big one. And like when someone, when you, well, it's like the chorus for, I think it was tell or naive adolescence. We sat on it and they came back the next day and we're both like, this isn't good enough. Yeah. It's It's not not good. good enough. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, the the ability to be able to say no, as as well as being able to take the ability to accept a no from the other person, is is like really yeah something you have to you have to get used to. Yeah, sometimes it's like you got to bring in the the whole band to say yes or no. Yeah. Sometimes it's all right. We need we need three against one, but yeah. but usually it's it's vote never usually it. a two two split. <laughs> yeah. But but we always go to yeah. a band vote if we ever have to, and it's like all right, let's stop arguing over this, take a vote, and move on to you know the next part of the song or whatever else we're working on or if we're arguing a lot on a specific song or a specific part we just leave it and we come back like a week later or something like that seems like you guys are close enough to be brutally honest too oh which helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah. that's uh that's yeah. kind of the dynamic it's like we've had yeah. a bunch of different <laughs> players join the band ban- uh, john's been with us for a long time bill's now been with us for over a year mm-hmm. or coming up on a year right yeah over uh, a year a little yeah. over a year um so like getting thrown into this issue like liam and i like we're like brothers where it's like we can argue and yell at each other and then you know go cool down and be fine but it's like every band gets into those little arguments they're i feel like they're less now yeah, or it's definitely. just when something really matters <laughs> yeah. that you want in or i want in and you just you know yeah play your case for it yeah it's for, literally like i'll track a vocal and i'll be like you know for the most honestly for the most part when you get something fundamentally right and you're like that sounded good it's not often that you do something that you're certain that sounded really good and like say Cody would argue with that when it's good it's good and you know it's good you know um, just sometimes creatively you obviously have to be like well I think this is you know a false set or I think this is a whatever I don't know you know it's it, the ability to be able to go well, I don't know about it. like you just have to be able to have the balls to say well I don't really think that but why, why do you think that or whatever you know that whole conversation is that just takes time. That's just you, you, there's no. I don't think there's anything else in life where you you have to work so closely with someone. It's when you're trying to create effect, you know, art effectively. Like it's supposed to be a representation of, you know, your life or the moment you're in or something like that. And it's really you know when you when you especially because as Cody said, like he'll come with the initial idea and stuff. When you're the initial starter of an idea, when you've sparked the thing to life, it's kind of your baby. So when someone comes along and says. I want to fundamentally change all of this. Like when me and Cody first met, that was a big 
that was a big issue. You know, yeah, you I was feel saying, attacked in a way, but then you have to check your ego and just say, yeah, yeah you're like, right. It's just, I don't like this. And it's like, well, I, you know, but we've got past that now, you know, so, and, and that only comes with time and, and patience and you, you can't, you don't see it happening. But then when you look back, like, like right now, retrospectively, it's, it's definitely come along a, a long way. Um, and, and you get to know each other, you know, you get to know what not to say and when to say it, you know? Absolutely. This will be your first EP that you're tracking on your own. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, so um, Naive Adolescence and Tell were the, the two singles we have out that we we did ourselves as well. So yeah. this whole one will be self-produced and cool. for the most part self-recorded, minus like, you know, the drums and the live stuff we did up in L.A. But uh, yeah, self-produced, cool. and uh, I think we're going to be working with our friend Tyler Spratt out of L.A. who is going to mix for us, and uh, yeah. That's, make, make those drums sound really big. <laughs> that's uh, that's nice, the process. Nice, man. Expect that in 2020 then, huh? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a new single out here yeah. soon. Liam and I are actually going to track vocals this week, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to whip cool. my voice back cool. into shit. <laughs> yeah, very cool. I look forward to the new music. Uh, I'm always curious, is there a song that you guys are most proud of? Uh, you know, Break Me Catches My Ear, as well as Naive. What's your favorite song put out by the Fresh? My, my favorite song is one that like doesn't doesn't get any attention but it was just it was it, it was just uh well written for the for the moment uh that it was it was just one moment in time was posh which i really liked <laughs> It, it was uh that song's more about like kind of punk energy more than it's I think. much it's more like punky it's very early arctic monkeys very just angular fast yeah like 220 beats per minute like craziness <laughs> but but it was it, it was just the way it, it captured an exact moment in time we were in um shore club and there were there was a a girl who was who she was she was drunk and she said she's in she was an english girl and she said to me um, you know, she was saying that she she's from London, and she was saying, "Oh, you're not, you know, like, oh, I'm sick of these boys from the north of England, you know, like working class boys, like." And we use the word posh in England, obviously. And and I said to her at the time, "Am I not posh enough for you? Is that it?" And then she was giving me a bunch of shit, and we wrote a whole song off it <laughs> where it was like, you know, flirting with this girl, but then she just like she was drunk, so she said all this shit, and it really got me mad. And well, then, yeah, yeah. Well, you you had forgot kind of about that, and then I said you posh that's like that british word you use all the time i'm like mm. we should write a song called posh and like dude i got i got like an idea for it and we took that and like ran with it. yeah i just loved that it was just the right before cody had the riff i like that riff right yeah. after am i not posh enough for you it's just so punky and like just a big fuck you attitude and i i, I just love that i mean it doesn't it doesn't represent what like us as a band but it just it, as a as a song on its own i really i really do like and i love playing that song because it just goes you know it just doesn't stop and it just keeps going uh, i thought it could have been maybe a tribute to posh spice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like posh spice that, yeah. i was always a bit of baby spice guy to be honest yeah <laughs> me too dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you planning on going live anytime soon on social media or anything like that? Honestly, I think we probably will, but I think also we may uh, maybe rec- record a couple of YouTube videos and stuff as well. Release that. Yeah, on our, we're on talking our about channel. doing some acoustic stuff, uh, uh, maybe alongside with the new EP, doing some of those songs and um, just putting out a live live acoustic versions on YouTube. So mm-hmm. we're we're 
We got some stuff in the works. You'll uh, you'll yeah. see some content from us soon. That's what we, that's what we call it. Content. 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 I look forward to. It. I look forward to everything you guys have coming up. Uh, and it's great to see that you're staying busy during this downtime and during the the COVID and all of that. Um, you mentioned acoustic Palapalooza. That's kind of something fun that we do on the podcast. Uh, I typically have people over to my house and I'll have them go unplugged and sort of out of their comfort zone. You know, I'll have punk bands and, and metal bands go unplugged. So is that something you guys maybe would want to do is submit an acoustic song to me in the next like week or two for this episode? Yeah, that sounds good. Give us a deadline. That's always good. Yeah. Don't just tell us, yeah, get, send okay. me something over. Tell us when you need it. And <laughs> yeah, it gives a day. We'll send we'll, it. We'll do it the day before. That sounds good, though. We haven't really talked about that, but I think that'd be great, man, to kind of end this episode with an acoustic track by you guys, maybe even uh, Naive Adolescence. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I'll uh, have to cut it in right here. Here's yeah. the song. <laughs> I'm joking. Perfect. Yeah, when we hang up here, if you guys want to give it a try, man, um, it doesn't, you know, usually we have bands go live. So yeah, they yeah. get one take and that's it. You know, we just like to. I like it. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. that's what live music's about. What did you call it? A truth stick. A truth <laughs> stick, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, de- definitely out of the average band's comfort zone. But yeah, yeah. I would assume you guys go acoustic often, right? You play some acoustic sets or no? Not live shows. Part of the songwriting process is always yeah. acoustic for us. But uh, me and Cody were acoustic guys before electric guitar guys for sure. Like we were much more comfortable on acoustics anyway. But we we don't do it at live shows. We don't pull out acoustics at live shows as much. But for like youtube and and the songwriting process so you know we're pretty comfortable with them i'd love to hear it we'll plan on that and we'll end the episode with an acoustic track by the frets uh before we go uh almost done here i want to do a quick dream segment with you guys all right if you could press rewind and relive any show that you guys have played what would it be that most recent music box show maybe yeah the or mu- or our first ep release show at the music box that was like our first really big you know four or five hundred person show mm. um yeah that where was we were awesome. finally releasing music after you know a year year and a half of work so one of those music box cool. shows probably just because yeah the energy was really good yeah mm. we're doing it with the the first one to be honest just yeah. because it was just like wow like oh, this yeah. is cool <laughs> having a line out of the door on a weekday uh, in literally where we're not, you know, most of our fans or, you know, people who come to our shows and stuff aren't, aren't based. It was it was pretty in- intense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard too because it's like you look at like uh, we we love like the Casbah shows that we play for, mm. um, uh, you know, during like weeknights and any night that that uh, Tim has available, just say hey, do you guys want to play? And yeah. we just try to play there as much as possible. We love mm. the Casbah, we love Seven Ten Beach Club, like that's where we got our start. Yeah. Um. So that's like our home. Yeah. Venue. There's the, I can't remember the exact date or which show it was or who we were playing with, but there was a show at Seven Ten, uh, that was absolutely packed with the with the doors shut and everything and. That was that was a really good energy, um, and I think one of one of the shows we never co- covered Oasis really, and the first time we covered um, Champagne Supernova live, and the whole bar go. was singing Champagne go. Supernova back to me, and this was just after the terrorist attack in Manchester, so it was a real heartwarming okay. moment, you know, because they were just everyone in the bar was just singing it. I wasn't even singing; they were just singing it back at me. It was a real nice moment. So yeah, I'd say that's another one as well. That's very cool. Yeah, 710 has to treat you well being down in PB. Uh, Cody, do you remember Canes? Canes. 
Canes. No, down there in Mission Beach. It's uh, it's the draft now. It's right there on the boardwalk. That used to be a live music venue, man. I think that was before I moved out here, to be honest. Mm. You guys would have loved that. That would have been perfect for you guys. A little bit bigger than 710, but right there on the boardwalk. Yeah, that name is very familiar, but I didn't know where it was. Yeah, cool, man. Good shout out to that show. Uh, moving on here with Dream. Uh, if you could tour with any current band, who would you pick? You've mentioned quite a few, 1975, Catfish. Who do you guys feel you'd, you'd match up with well? I personally, my personal answer would probably be Catfish. Not not just because of the music and, uh, you know, big influences of ours and, and I, I love all the music, but also they're, they're very much from a similar part of England to me. They love to play FIFA. I'm a big FIFA player. Yeah. So I could, I could go on a tour bus and play FIFA with them. That would chill me out, you know, make the road journeys a little bit. Yeah, I mean, cat, Catfish sure. is, yeah. would be a, probably a dream for me too. I mean, there, there's a lot of these up-and-coming bands out of... UK right now that mm. well, they're not necessarily up and coming they, they've they've made it they're just they're on their way up yeah. even more so there's some bands like uh, uh, who, who do I really like right now like Sea Girls the Amazons yeah. um, the Snuts yeah um, there's a lot of they're, they're kind of all in the same genre ish uh, but it's that that scene over there I would just love for us to, to yeah. be ingrained in because it's kind of our our style our genre yeah. I think we would yeah you got me into the Amazons recently yeah. I really like some of that stuff yeah, catfish though would probably be yeah, it's good. it'll be catfish definitely. I just feel like I could get away, <laughs> uh, get, get along with them. Hey, final answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that final answer. Cool. Yeah, I hope it works out for you. That'd be awesome, man. If you perform on Saturday Night Live again, dreaming here on the podcast, uh, who would be the host, and what two songs would you play? Do they have to be alive, or can they be dead? Like, what, Tommy Boy, <laughs> Chris Farley, Tommy Likey. Tommy want wingy. Oh, That's man. actually that a great one. Great. That's a great call yeah. on it. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. I'd have Chris Farley as the One of the, the funniest host. guys on the planet, man. Yeah, Love yeah. Him. What two songs would we play, man? Right now, uh, we got one we're about to drop. Yeah. One of these two that we're about to drop that would definitely be one of them. Yeah. Wait, wait which one? The... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They're both good, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple. Well, one of them, one of the songs we're going to be releasing, we've been playing live for a little while, but um, it wasn't quite finished, so... But that that one that one rocks. It's called Daisy. Yeah, Daisy. Um, That's gonna be a good one. And then I don't know. I I've been liking Tell and Naive Adolescence live the last several times. We've Tell played. yeah, Tell's grown on me a lot. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame we released them and then I, immediately couldn't play them. And I just want to you know like after a month or so of playing with the song that you've recorded in the studio and stuff, it's it starts having a better feel live. You know, it takes like a month or so and then you kind of know where you need to rest and you know where you need to not play a little bit better and we were just getting into that and then when it all stopped so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting playing those live again honestly like with the amount that we've you know if we're doing a 45 minute set now we, we, we we're actually we, we, we're gonna have a struggle of a time to pick which songs to play live like we've We've got a lot that we're going to have to cut now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good problem to have, man. Too yeah, many good songs, I've never, never right? had that problem before. <laughs> Normally, like, which cover should we play today? You know, add it in <laughs> yeah. for like the set. I really love Naive, man. I mean, it's 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 a good pick for uh, song of the year for sure. I like what you guys do with the chorus. I don't know how time flew so fast that I don't want to let go tonight. Reminisce about the times you lost us with each you and I. There, there's some stuff in post that we that we messed around with for a little while, yeah. and uh, 
some like some, okay. some cool vocal effect things that I do with with Liam a little bit to to really cool. make it pop. It came out really well. You guys do a good job. Thank you. We appreciate yeah. that. Nice one, man. We spend a lot of time on YouTube University watching uh, <laughs> how do I do this. <laughs> you can literally learn anything on YouTube. Man. Yeah. yeah, just investing the time to sit down and like find a good video mm-hmm. or watch. T- 12 videos to piece together Literally. what you're trying to do oh my god everything like I, the, the only reason I, I know how to play piano is because of YouTube I've been I've been on YouTube since like 2008 or something 2007 <laughs> just watching everything and yeah. uh yeah. like you, I, I got gifted a piano I didn't know what the hell to do with it and I kind of figured out you, oh if I press a note and then a gap and a note and a gap and a note and a gap that kind of sounds like a chord and then you just go on YouTube, you can learn anything. You can completely learn anything, you know. It's awesome. Yeah, piano is my first uh, instrument. I, I love it. It's very different than guitar, obviously. Do you play piano on stage, Liam? Liam, like, says that he's not good at piano by that description, but he's, like, a really good <laughs> Thank you. pianist. Yeah, pianist. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I think in the future, I mean, we, we released an NPR Tiny Desk, uh, like, uh, submission on YouTube that we did a, a piano version of Tell. Uh, where it was just uh, me on piano and uh, Cody on electric. Tell me that you just don't know I'm falling into everything I never wanted to tell me. And I, I do love playing, and I, I think in the future we probably will write a slower song that has piano and maybe a guitar or so or something like that because we do definitely need to kind of branch into that you know an acoustic song a piano song you know do the old school album thing where you kind of do a little bit of everything yeah unplugged unplugged at 710 that'd be cool <laughs> yeah i like it yeah see yeah. that has some kind of vintage vibe to it and unplugged at 710 there you go I, I don't think that's a bad idea at all for you guys put out a like an acoustic album with maybe a few acoustic songs and and like a piano rendition we're talking about just releasing this ep acoustic as well mm-hmm. recording it acoustic just because we think it showcases i mean liam's voice in a different light mm-hmm. and um we've we've had a lot of requests from yeah. <laughs> mainly like our parents because yeah. they love when we do kind of the acoustic stuff and yeah. they're not as into the in your face rock and roll yeah. Um, Basically, anybody who's who's been in a room when we're just doing our songs on an acoustic has been like, "Why have you not released it like that? Because that sounds really good, if not better, you know." So, um, nice. Nice. that's like setting the bar really high for this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We're about to- <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the perfect episode to sort of uh, tease that and and promote it. So that's again, true. I look forward to hearing that uh, at the end of the episode here. Sweet. If you could bring a musician back from the dead for one final concert, who would you pick? Kurt Cobain, um, I think for me. There you go. I listened to Nevermind from beginning to end the other day. I, I like doing that. Yeah, I got that on vinyl, and I I love to do that too. It's great. Just so amazing. Nevermind is just such an incredible album. I mean, obviously, but just way ahead of its time. Yeah, I, I think my my first thought was Freddie Mercury. Um, yeah, just yeah. live aid performance. Uh, that would just yeah. been insane, but the honestly the first like I was I grew up. Um, my my dad was a massive Elvis fan, so like a uh, not seventies Elvis, you know, when he's in Las Vegas and stuff. But there was a couple of performances where I would have loved to have seen that because I was a big Elvis fan growing up. So that would be another one of all Freddie Mercury and Elvis probably. Being so close to Liverpool, Liam, were you really into the Beatles? 
Yeah, I mean, you've got to be, haven't you? Yeah, especially, I've, I've, honestly, in the last couple of years, I've appreciated the Beatles a lot more. I think the more you try and song write and you try and understand, you know, how to change your chords up to get into the chorus, and, I mean, they just completely wrote the book on how to write a modern pop song, and, like, when you when you look at the things they were doing and how they... It, I appreciate it much more now. I, I did grow up, my mum my, my played the Beatles all the time, so I knew all of the Beatles songs near enough, but... Yeah, as I say, now, now I'm a little bit older and I'm, you know, you're going through the songwriting process. You go, how do I get from here to there? Or if I've got the chorus, how, what, how do I reverse engineer and what chords do I use back there? And, you know, it's, it's all kind of there. If you, if, you, if you just deconstruct a Beatles, any decent Beatles song, you'll, you'll have the, the tools to be able to make a really good pop song, you know, or a, or a rock song for that matter. Yeah, well said. They truly were the best at it. I mean, and my daughter, seven years old, loves them. Uh, and my parents, 70 are, are in love with them so yeah it's timeless yeah it just holds up real well timeless if you could wave a magic wand and make a band never exist who would it be <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh. Uh, we, we had to retire nickelback yeah of course everyone yeah they get unnecessary stick as yeah, well no, dude, like, it's like all right <laughs> everyone you're, fucking you're lying yeah. if you didn't at one point in your life rock out to Nickelback yeah. like how you remember when it came Everybody out everyone was that. loving that yeah that's, that's, they, they get a harsh rap it's yeah. just like a 4chan reddit meme thing it's yeah, not even it's like, like, it was like one of those cool bandwagon things like oh yeah fuck Nickelback like yeah. they suck it's like eh, I jammed out to Nickelback yeah. quite a bit there was a couple <laughs> a couple of good slappers in I'm there. not right. I'm not shamed by who, some bands that I listen who, to but uh, <laughs> this is a tough question because yeah. it's like you're gonna alienate like, yeah, someone that's like oh that's my favorite band. oh I don't care about that I'm just trying to think who I'd say I'm like <laughs> I don't know either there's so many different tastes I always tend to go towards like the Jonas Brothers oh, style right. yeah, that's a good stuff. call yeah yeah that's, yeah that's very sort of um I don't know not a lot of feel involved yeah I would say a lot of that a lot of the Disney uh, you know, they grab them from Disney Channel and make them into a, a pop star, and there's just no feel, and it's the same baby, baby nonsense, you know? Like, you just blew your shot at Disney signing you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, that's it now. Yeah, I've just, yeah, Disney were right, about to send us an email any second. I've just, well, we actually, <laughs> we met the Jonas Brothers' dad, and he was oh, like yeah. a really sound guy. Yeah, he, he was. gave us a lot of good insight. Um, yeah, we met him at uh, awesome. Springboard Festival. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's like that whole kind of thing is like all very contrived it's yeah. like for me it's just like when when you can just tell that mm. it's forced and it's contrived and it's like yeah fake you know you can you can hear that it comes yeah. through in the music and like yeah. the the whole the whole image i think and <laughs> i think the the main thing as well is like someone would say that about say like a justin bieber but i actually have kind of like mad respect for justin Bieber because i've seen his i've seen his process when he's figuring out the melodies for songs and stuff like yeah you know people are handing him the whole song the chord structure and everything but when you watch him um when you watch him actually do the process of uh, coming up with the vocal melodies and stuff. He's a, he's a genius at it. He really knows how to write a pop melody unlike anybody else. And he can sing, you know, and, you know, you could immediately say, oh, just write off Justin Bieber. But what he's good at, he's good at. Now, the difference is, is there's some people who um, are literally just getting handed the entire song, the entire vocal melody, and then they're not even right. singing it that well. It's not like they're great singers, and that's the ones that kind of rub me the wrong way. It's like, well, you didn't write anything, so it's not really art. You're not really making yourself vulnerable in any way, you know? There's no vulnerability right. to your music, and then you're not creating it, so you've not felt any pain of being like, oh, why can't I write this? You know, you can really feel 
the stress of a, mu- a real musician because they've sat there and had that anger where you want to bang the table and be like, why can't I come up with the thing that I want to come up with, you know? And uh, right. and that's the fakeness that you can detect. And I think, uh, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that fills all those I know, boxes. I know, it's but, like, uh, yeah. there's plenty yeah. of bands that are just like, I absolutely hate them, but I just mm. can't think of any no, of them no, right yeah. now. All right, well, we won't, we won't narrow it down to any bands that we're going to take out, all right? We'll just... Yeah. I'll say modern uh, history. Yeah, modern history. <laughs> modern, modern history, history and aviator stats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick on some local bands. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> just start some Twitter beef uh, and get, get this really going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last question, guys. Nice chatting with you. Uh, five-year goal for the frets. World tour. Yeah. <laughs> Worldwide. Yeah, no. Worldwide. Wide. 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 Prestige. Worldwide. Wide. Wide. I think five year. Yeah, I would. I, I would definitely want to be. I think. I think a, a full length album and playing in because the thing is, is when we look at the, like the people who are listening to us on Spotify and stuff, it, some of the biggest numbers are in the craziest places. You know, like Chile and. Japan and like it's really like well the- there's some places yeah, it's like where rock is like a staple like you have Brazil and then yeah. you have like Japan like our numbers and like some of those like big rock markets are like yeah. they're, they're rival to uh, anywhere outside the US so it's yeah. like I think for us five year it, it, you, you gotta aim high right it's like okay in a perfect world we would have a sick record deal and yeah. we would be talking about you know a tour opening up for a big actor so you know a something like actor. that like that that would be the pipe i think dream. my ultimate would be to be playing something like glastonbury or something like that even if it's one of the small smaller stages but just one of those one of those big festivals that are iconic in england like reading reading leeds and glastonbury they're like transmit transmit that, yeah fit, that festival's lineup fits, the last two years have been yeah so that's good. a big fit for us transmit yeah i, I really like that fit. but any any of those i think playing one of those on any decent sized stage would be a bucket list thing for me and would be definitely something I would want to be doing in five years for sure. Absolutely. I definitely see that happening for you guys. And talk about like big festivals and the the appreciation and the different perspective on those. Uh, I went to Kaboo a couple of years ago and it's just like looking at that, you know, what, 10, 20, 30,000 people. Uh, it seems a bit out of reach right now. Yes, it really uh, does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know when that's. I don't know. Sorry to bring it down. No, no. no, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's the new normal, right? It's like the virus isn't going anywhere until there's a vaccine. I mean, it's it's going to be around. We're right around like flu season's mm-hmm. coming up, so it's going to get worse again for a bit. It's uh, yeah. I mean, festivals. Who you knows never, when, it, when it that's might be gonna... a, it might be a benefit for the smaller venues, honestly, because as as we manage this, they might, the the craving that would normally be satisfied by these big events might draw people to local smaller venues that will be open, uh, who otherwise wouldn't have done. You know. Yeah. Good point. Have you guys considered going out of state to maybe states that have less restrictions? There's been no conversations. I no. think our, our core focus okay. right now is like, all right, take a step back. Let's finish this EP. Let's get everything in yeah. order for what's about to happen. Like re- release wise, make sure like, hey, we have time now. Let's do the music videos properly and yeah. you know, that that kind of thing. So uh until we get a little bit of a better understanding of what's going to happen in the next several months, there's been no discussions yeah. of that. I mean, I'd love to go play shows, but... Yeah. I think, uh, as you said earlier, just the co- content's going to have to fill the gap for now, which is, is not a bad thing because, you know, with the right with the right uh, videos and the right quality and everything, which, we you know, we have the equipment, we can do it. 
you know, we can film a good video, we can record good sound. I think we could fill that gap in the meantime. Um, and if an opportunity comes up, you know, and it, it it's, you know, safe and everything else, then yeah, 100%. I mean, we're just desperate to now, you know. It's, uh, I think everyone yeah. is just get back on stage and do our thing, you know. I think we got a house show yeah. next this weekend and then the following weekend too. Yeah. I think we got two. I'm, I'm so ready for that. <laughs> that. That'll be the first show. When was our last show? January probably, right? So far back now. Yeah, we had March planned. So the house shows, are those for friends? One's a going away party, and then the other one's a birthday party. And they're like, do you guys want to play? I'm like, we're going to get a noise complaint. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. We're on board. Is that earlier in the afternoon? or? I don't know, man. We'll, We'll see. It's like, you know, it's a DIY thing. It's like, show up, plug in, guys, and whenever you want to play, go for it. I think it's one of those. There you go. Is that in San Diego? Yep, both in San Diego. So uh, see, that's a little sketchy. I, I don't know the. I don't even know the guidelines involved there. Like they're saying that they don't want people having backyard barbecues and shit. Yeah, like I don't shit. know if uh, yeah. we if should not be promoting this right now. Yeah. The, <laughs> find the frats, follow yeah. them on social media, and yeah. shut down the party. You're gonna get doxxed. <laughs> I think you'll be all right. It's just it's it's unfortunate that we're even you know having that sort of uh, conversation. But uh, yeah. how fun bringing it back to house parties, man! I remember you know in the late '90s rocking uh, a lot of house parties when I was younger. Yeah, there's some of the best shows. Some of the best shows. I think I think um, one of the plans eventually was uh, for one of the music videos we wanted to uh, film a house party uh, scene for one of the for, for making a music video, but. This kind of ruined that as well, but eventually we'll get that. We'll get some nice footage. Right. I want to see you guys doing some uh, keg stands. <laughs> yeah, keg exactly. stand Amen. Yeah. I hope that works out for you guys, and it's nice to hear that you guys are in such a good position during this downtime to, to stay uh, active. You, you have the tools, and you have the knowledge, and you have your home studio, so I look forward to the new EP, man. Are you going to release a single first? Yeah, we're we're still figuring out the release schedule. It's going to be one or two singles, and then yeah. the rest of the the batch of music. Yeah. Thank you again so much uh, for your time. Follow the Frets on social media and thefretsband.com. Hopefully, we get that show going again, dude. That'd be great. Looking forward to playing with you guys when we can. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Troy. Liam and Cody from the Frets. Really nice chatting with you guys. I'm going to include a stripped down version of their single "Tell." that they recorded for the 2020 NPR Tiny Desk competition. Follow the frets on Spotify and all social media platforms. Again, nice chat with you guys. Here is Tell. I like a change, but I don't know why. My head's gone down, my head's gone down Can you tell me if we've all gone blind? Say I just don't mind, I just don't mind All the buses and the trains on time Well it all seems fine, it all seems fine I know you see it and that blows my mind It blows my mind, it blows my mind It's funny how these things tend to go, you know And tell me that you just don't know I'm falling into everything I never wanted 
People getting greedy, yeah Like they always do Only caring briefly, yeah They'll leave the rest for you You tell me that you need me, yeah Well, I don't want you to I'm making things uneasy, yeah Cause I always do Palapalooza I'm Palapalooza I'm 